Man, I don't care who you are, that gets you right in the feels, doesn't it? Hey, everybody. How are you this morning? Hey, listen, just as we were worshiping, I believe God gave me a word for somebody. So uh, just do me a favor, bow your heads for just a moment. Uh, this may be for one of you, maybe two or three, just, but if it's for you, please let me know. I feel like God is saying that He's wanting you to come to a place of breakthrough, that He's wanting you to, to move to a deeper spot, a deeper place, and He's calling out to you to take a step. That for so long you've just kind of let the wind blow you every which way, that you've been one moment you've been here, one moment you've been there, that you've kind of been all over the page. But God is saying, I'm calling you to go a little bit deeper. I'm calling you to take a step towards me. And then when you do, you're going to find, you're going to find that he's there waiting for you. You're going to find in that moment new strength to overcome some of the things you've been struggling with. You're going to find new hope. You're going to find yourself moving closer. I believe that God is calling you to a deeper step, a deeper walk. Uh, so while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I just want to ask you, if, that, if you believe that word is for you, can I just see your hand? I want to pray for you in this moment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, several, yes, thank you, thank you, anybody else. Lord, I just thank you for those who are taking that step. Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them, and that you would bring them to a powerful place of breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I just say as we get started, man, this morning, band, that was awesome. Oh, man. And I felt the presence of God so strong in that, and he's in this place, and I hope you feel that. Do me a favor, turn to somebody, give them a high five, tell them Jesus is here and anything is possible. You know, not too long back, while we were... While I was with a group of pastors and we were in Israel, we were walking through the remains of the city of Capernaum. And Capernaum was the place where Jesus lived for quite a while. And a lot of his miracles happened in that place. And I was just thinking through some of those miracles as we were walking uh, around that place and thinking about what Jesus did. And I was just reminded that anytime Jesus showed up on the scene, anything could happen. Anything was possible. So no matter what you're facing in your life, no matter what you're going through, when you're at a place where Jesus is, the impossible can become possible. Jesus can work in your life and move and do things that you never, ever expected. Miracles are possible in those moments. When Jesus is here, anything is possible. Amen? And we need to grab a hold of that revelation and hang on to it for all of its worth, because I believe God is getting ready to do some amazing things. Well, we're in a series right now called Love is the Revolution, and I believe that with all my heart. I believe that one of the most revolutionary acts that you could do is love people and love people well. There's something about it. I mean, if you think through uh, people that have made an impact in your life, it's almost always connected to the fact that somebody loved you and loved you deeply, and you felt that love. You felt their heart. And so love is a revolutionary act. We've been using 1 Corinthians 13 to teach us how to love. And in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 4, Paul is writing, and he's giving all these different definitions of love, and he says this. He says, love is kind. 
Love is kind. He tells us that in order to really love, we need kindness. Now, if you're like me and you hear something like that, you, you probably go back to a time in your life where you probably weren't so kind. And maybe you spoke out out of, out of your own frustration or your own anger. or you, you, you spoke out out of your own hurt. And all of us have had moments like that. If we're honest, we've all struggled at times. And so today is not about making you feel guilty for the past. Today is about giving you a hope for the future and letting love start to grow in your life so that it becomes a revolution in your heart that touches the lives of those around you in a positive way. And see, all of that starts with this idea of kindness. So what is kindness? Kindness is love. It's love in action. I said last week that love is not a feeling, it's something you do. DC Talk said love is a verb, it's an action. It, cre- it creates feelings, it creates emotion, but it's so much more than just a feeling. It's so much more than just an emotion. All right, It's an action, it's a belief that you put into your behavior. Love is kindness in action. Now, there's a great story in the Bible that Jesus told to kind of make this point. It's the story of the Good Samaritan, a very uh, famous story. In fact, there's hospitals all over the United States that are named for this story, Good Samaritan Hospital. We have a Good Samaritan Clinic right here in Gulf Breeze. In this story, Jesus talks about three men who are traveling on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. When I was in Israel, I traveled down this through this section. There's a lot of desert. There's a lot of empty space. There's not a lot there in places. And so it was a very notorious road. It was known for muggers and thieves. And so there's three men in this story, and each of them happen up on a crime scene. And, and each of them respond in a different way. And Jesus teaches that in these three ways, they represent three different choices that we have in life. Three ways that we can go through life. Three attitudes that we can have towards other people, especially the people who are in pain. Now, the first attitude we'll call the keep my distance attitude. I'm just going to keep my distance. I'm, I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to keep my distance. And you see that starting in Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 30. It says, There was a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him, stripped him, and beat him up, leaving him half dead. Keep going. Is that more? Is it? Yeah, keep. It so happened that a priest was going down that road, but when he saw the man, he walked on by on the other side. He walked by. Everybody say other side. Now you could call this the lifestyle of avoidance or keeping your distance. Don't get too close to people because they might ask you for help. Don't get too close to people because they might need you. So be careful. Keep your distance. Keep your relationships shallow. Keep everybody at arm's length because if you get close, you might be needed by them. So here's this guy, not just a guy, he's a priest. He's walking down the road, and he sees a guy who's been mugged, beat up, half naked, and left for dead on the side of the road. And he says, you know what, I'm just going to keep my distance. I'll just go about my own business. And he moves to the other side of the street, and he walks right past him. Now, in our culture, this is easy to do. People will go out of their way in our culture to avoid people who are hurting. This is the keep my distance attitude. The next attitude we'll call curious but uninvolved. 
Curious but uninvolved. Luke 10.32. It says, in the same way, a Levite, and just for clarification in case you don't know, a Levite is not a blue jean salesman. All right? <laughs> this guy's, these guys were ministry assistants. So they're in the ministry. So you, first you have a priest. Now you have somebody who's a ministry assistant, a temple assistant, a person in ministry. And it says he also came there. He went over and looked at the man and then walked by on the other side. So this guy's even worse, right? He walks over. He sees the guy beat up, bleeding, hurting, half naked. He stares at him, and then he goes to the other side of the road and walks away. Now today we call those people rubberneckers, right? We, we, we all know those men. Those are the ones who slow down at the accident, take a really good look, but then they keep going. They don't stop to see if anybody needs any help. They don't stop to see if anybody's called the ambulance or anything like that. They just keep on walking. And, and the truth is, we've probably all done that at some point or another. Curious, but uninvolved. Have you noticed it's always easier to gossip about somebody's problems than it is to help them with their problems? right? That's why tabloid shows like, like TMZ or those magazines that you see in the news rack, you know, as you're checking out at Walmart. That's why they're so important, because you know, we, we, we want to look at those. We love to read about other people's misfortunes. We love to read about other people's issues. We are curious, but uninvolved. The third response is the one of the Good Samaritan, which is treat others how I want to be treated. Treat others how I want to be treated. The Bible says in verse 33 of Luke, but a Samaritan who was traveling that same way came upon the man, and when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. Guys, if you want to live a life of revolutionary love, if you want to be a person who loves well, then you are going to need to learn the lifestyle of kindness. The Good Samaritan did four things that we need to do if we're going to be kinder, if we're going to really love people. I want to show them to you. Here's the first one. Write this down. We need to start seeing the needs of people around me. We need to start seeing the needs of people around us. Kindness always begins with the eyes, with what we see. It begins in our vision, the way we observe things. Do we even see the people around us? Are we sensitive to them? See, if we're not aware of their needs, we can't care for their needs. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 33. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. When he saw, that's the starting point. If we want to be revolutionary in the way we love, we're going to have to change the way we look at the world. We're going to have to be more observant. There are wounded people everywhere you go, maybe even sitting right next to you on the very road that you're on right now, but you may not realize it. Why? we got one word, busyness. We're too busy. Write this down somewhere on your message notes, maybe on the side, just somewhere in there. Hurry is the death of kindness. Hurry is the death of kindness. If you don't get anything else, get this. In order to be a kinder person, you have to slow down. You can't see the needs of other people if you're in a hurry. 1 Corinthians 10.24 says, Look out for the good of others. Everybody say, look out. Yeah. Be aware. 
Notice, notice the people. Uh, that's one of the things that I love about Jesus. If you read through that, his time in Capernaum, that city that I was talking about, if you read through, like in the first few chapters of Mark, you'll see that Jesus always saw everybody. He saw the people. And even when, even when he was walking through a crowd and a lady reached up and touched his garment, man, he knew. Nobody else knew. He said, who touched me? And people said, Lord, it's everybody's trying to touch you. But he knew there was something different about it because he was aware. He saw the needs. He met the needs. Man, that's part of kindness. See, the first step to kindness is developing some, a kind of a spiritual radar that enables you to see the hurting people around you. Those who are hurting emotionally, those who are hurting spiritually, those who are hurting physically or any other way. These are people that need help. They need our encouragement. They need to know that there's, there's somebody around that says, hey, you know what, I care about what you're going through. You're important to me, and I just want you to know I care, all right? Now, for some of you, you've got this. You were born sensitive. You just had the spiritual antenna that just picks up on this stuff. It's not that you're more spiritual than anybody else. It's just you're wired that way. Others of you, you're kind of like me. You have a spiritual ADD, right? You're just kind of distracted, or, or you're focused on the things that you're doing. That's the difference between Vicky and I. My wife, Vicki, she notices everybody. She's constantly, she's constantly doing this. Hey, see that guy? We need to help him. We need to do this. Vicky's so aware. She sees people all the time. Me, I'm just unaware. My, my antenna is tuned sometimes to the wrong frequency. And so a lot of times I'm thinking about the task at hand and I'm moving towards that purpose. And I'm, I'm, man, I'm moving towards the horizon. I'm going for something. But see, sometimes you need to slow down. Hurry can be the death of kindness. You need to be able to slow down and say, I need, to, I need to see the people around me. What good is it if you gain the world and lose your soul? What is good is it if you, you move all the way towards your purpose, but you've missed the opportunity to love people along the way? At the end, you've got nothing. Somebody said in a hospital one time that the essence of great nursing is the ability to anticipate the pain. That's the essence of, of great nursing, the ability to anticipate the pain and help the patient. Well, isn't that the essence of kindness, too? I mean, the, the ability to anticipate the pain or the brokenness or the hurt or the, the problems or the struggle that people are going through, the ability to see that hurt and then move in and do something about it. So I want you to rate yourself, rate your sensitivity, uh, I want you to rate yourself from one to five. Uh, when it comes to sensitivity, one is, man, I need a little work. Five is, I'm doing really, really great. But, but, but before you do that, before you rate how you would rate yourself, let me ask you this question. How would your spouse rate you? How would your kids rate you? How would your friends rate your kindness? Let me ask you another way. If you were to make a list right now of everybody that you know, and you put two columns, you just make a list of, of the people that you see regularly, all right? Not everybody you know, but just people you see regularly, all right? These are people that you see maybe once a day or once every other day, and you just wrote all their names down there, and then beside them, you wrote, this is what their struggle in life is. How many empty blanks would you have? I mean, boy, it, it, I don't know about you, but as I was thinking through that, it convicted me. It should convict your heart. You should feel that deep. How many empty blanks 
would you have? See, we see people all around us who lie, whose lives are crumbling, and we don't see the sign. Kindness starts with sensitivity. So really quickly, rate yourself one to five. Go ahead and write that down right now. See, the truth is we need to start seeing people and stop ignoring. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 from the message says this. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, they're planting selfishness, they're ignoring people around them. They're still going to gain a crop. What do they get? They harvest a crop of weeds, and all they have to show for their life is weeds. Kindness starts with seeing. It starts with sensitivity. Here's the second thing the story of the Good Samaritan teaches us, and that is that we are to sympathize with people's pain. We sympathize with people's pain. It's not just enough to see their need. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. Pity. So first, the eyes kick in, and then the heart kicks in. The Bible tells us to weep with those who weep. In other words, you share their sorrow. You enter into their emotions. You feel their pain. How do you do that? How do we become not only more sensitive, but more sympathetic? Well, if sensitivity begins with our eyes, then sympathy begins with our ears, right? Learning to listen. Learning to listen is a sign of genuine sympathy. Sometimes kindness is just listening. I heard something the other day. I thought it was hilarious. There was a guy, and, and he, he, he made the news not too long back. Actually, it was probably a couple of years ago now. But he put an ad in the paper, and this is what he said. I will listen to anybody speak about anything for 15 minutes for 20 bucks. <laughs> I will listen to anybody speak about anything for 15 minutes for 20 bucks. I bet that guy's making a killing, right? <laughs> I probably just gave half of you a business model, all right? But, you know, that's interesting. People are dying for somebody to listen to them. I want you to listen to this quote. This person writes, When I ask you to listen and you start giving me advice, you've not done what I've asked. When I ask you to listen to me and you tell me I shouldn't feel that way, you trample on my feelings. When I ask you to listen to me and you feel like you have to do something to solve my problem, you've failed me, as strange as that seems. Just listen. Please just listen to me. Advice is cheap. 50 cents will get you both Dear Abby and Billy Graham in the same newspaper. And I can do that for myself. I'm not helpless. I may be discouraged. I may be faltering. But I'm not helpless. So please, just listen to me. Hear what I have to say. And if you want to talk, wait for your turn. And then I'll listen to you. You know, sometimes, man, kindness is just listening. In fact, sometimes advice giving can be counterproductive to kindness. There's a book written by a guy named Joe Bailey, and he was writing on the subject of grief. The book is called uh, A View from the Hearse, and this is what he says from his own experience. He said, I was sitting torn by grief, and somebody came along and talked to me about God's dealings and why it happened and hope beyond the grave. He talked constantly. He said things that I know were true, but I was unmoved except to wish that he would go away. And eventually he did. 
Then another came and sat beside me. He didn't talk at all. He didn't ask me any leading questions. He just sat beside me for an hour or more, listened to what I said, answered briefly, prayed simply, and left. I was moved. I was comforted. I hated to see him go. Sympathy involves the ears. Listening is an act of kindness. I remember years ago I was on staff at another church. and One of the families in that church experienced a miscarriage. And if you've ever been through it or know someone who has, it's a, it's a horrendous thing to walk through. And there was a lot of well-meaning people that came and gave them advice and said stuff and all of that. None of it really seemed to help. But they told me, he said, you know, Robert, you know what helped? One of the leaders of the church came over and sat down with the wife and just sat down with her. She didn't say anything. She just held her and they cried together. Say a word. Held her, cried together. My wife says that's when the healing began. It was in that moment. Somebody just to, to love me, somebody to enter into my pain, someone who just would notice that I'm hurting and not try to fix it all, but just say, I'm here. I'm here. I love you. I care about what you're going through. See, sympathy does two things. It meets two of the basic needs that we have. The need to be understood and the need to have our feelings validated. Both are valid needs. That you're not crazy, you're not a weirdo, and that other people have felt the same exact thing that you're feeling. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, share each other's troubles and problems and in this way obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, with everything inside of you. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And one thing I've discovered is that sometimes God will allow certain problems and certain struggles into your life. You may not realize why it's happening at the time, but God sometimes will allow those things to happen into your life so that we can be sympathetic to others. We look at it and we go, why is this happening to me? God is growing us. He's teaching us sympathy. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1.4. It says, God comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and our trials so that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort that God has given us. Every problem that you go through, every struggle, every hardship that you walk through is an opportunity for you to minister to others and to learn how to be more sympathetic. So rate yourself on this one from one to five. How are you doing with sympathy? One, I need a little bit of work. Five, I'm doing great. Take a second and rate yourself on that one. So step one, sensitivity. You see the needs. Step two, sympathy. You feel their pain. Step three, seize the moment. Seize the moment to be kind. Don't wait. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. Do what you can do in the moment. Let's go back to our story of the Good Samaritan. It says, kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and he bandaged them. And he, he took action. We said last week, love is something that you do. It's something that you do. He didn't just look at the guy and go, man, oh, this is really a shame. Yeah, I mean, this, this is horrible. I feel bad for you. All right, see ya. <laughs> he didn't do that. 
He took action. First thing he did, what did he do? He stooped down. He got on the man's level. He didn't talk to him from the point of a superior where he's talking down to him. He didn't do that. He got down at eye level. He got down to where he was so that he could look him in the eyes. Second, he used what he had. Some translations said he bandaged his wounds with wine and oil. Why wine and oil? Well, it's probably the things that he was carrying with him in his pack as he traveled. You know, wine would, would work. It had, it had alcohol in it, so it would be an antiseptic. And the, and the oil probably worked to help soothe his wounds. And then where did he get his bandages? You ever wonder that? <laughs> where did he get his bandages? He's not a doctor. And, you know, he doesn't have a, like a, you know, a first aid kit full of band-aids and stuff like that. No, most scholars think he probably just tore up his own clothes. Wrapped the guy up. He did what he could do in the moment. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3. Never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand to that person. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. Everybody, hold up your hands. Your hands are God's hands. Listen, hold them, hold them up. Don't put them down. Hold them up. Your hands are the hands that are going to impact this community. Your hands are the hands that are going to impact the people around you. Your hands are the ones that are going to, hand, that are going to touch the people in your school, on your campus, in the, in the things that you're doing. Your hands are going to be the ones that touch the people in your neighborhood. It's your hands. You have that opportunity. And don't wait till tomorrow, it says, if you can help them now. Now, if you look at that, that passage, you'll notice that the word never is there, used twice. It says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. The world is full of wounded people. It may not be a physical wound. They could be wounded emotionally. They could be wounded spiritually or wounded relationally. But they need your love. They need your kindness. Never walk away from somebody who needs your help. Then secondly, never tell them to wait till tomorrow if you can help them now. So many times, man, we put off helping people. Somebody loses a loved one and we says, we'll wait till later to give them a call. You know, we'll, we'll give it a couple of days. They lost their job. Oh, that's, yeah, I'll try and give them a call maybe later. That sort of thing. Some, somebody has a miscarriage. I need to put it off. Do it now. Show kindness. Seize the moment. The, the Good Samaritan gives us two lessons of how we can show kindness to other people. To be revolutionary in love, to walk in, in kindness, you have to be willing to be interrupted. Kindness doesn't always happen on your schedule. It happens on their schedule. That's why people need kindness. It's inconvenient. Kindness takes time. Throws off your schedule. The Good Samaritan, he got his entire schedule rearranged. He was on his way somewhere. He was on a trip. He was going somewhere. He had things to do. Probably meetings or people to see or whatever. But he was on his way. It was inconvenient. Love and kindness is awesomely inconvenient. It is. Man, I'll tell you, just this week, it was a crazy week for me. Just one of a busy week. I spoke at a... Uh, at a men's conference on Thursday, I had meetings during the week, and it was just one of those really, really busy weeks, and, you know, preparing for to speak at this men's event and all of that. So I hit Friday, and I was already behind on stuff I had to do to prep for Sunday and that sort of thing. I had meetings in that afternoon, and I usually, I've been trying to set aside some time on Friday to write. 
And so I was heading out the door way later than I wanted to to be able to sit down and write some because I had a, another meeting after that and my time was getting less and less and less. And I, just before I got ready to head out the door, I got a phone call from the hospital and they said, uh, Pastor Pooley, uh, you know, could you, because I'm a volunteer chaplain, they said, could you come? There's a lady in ICU, an elderly lady, and she just needs someone to bring communion to her. And so I called Cherie. I said, can you make me up a little communion pack? And that's the thing. And I stopped by the church and I got it and I went by. And when I went in to talk to her, I could tell right off the bat what she really wanted was just somebody to listen to her. She was just lonely. I sat down. And I'm going to be honest with you. All right? can, I be, can I be transparent with you? Can I be real with you? My flesh wanted to just go, oh, she's okay. She's all right. I can just go. I, I, I got stuff to do. Man, but my heart said, don't you dare do that. Don't you dare get up from there. Everything else can wait. Show her kindness. Just show her love. And I just listened to her. And she told me about her family. She told me about why she lives here and not in Louisiana where she'd grown up. And she told me about her kids. And she told me, and I just listened. And we took communion together. And I prayed over her. She had a big smile on her face when we left didn't take long. Was it inconvenient? Yeah. Yeah, it was inconvenient. Was it worth it? Every second. Every second. God wants to do that in our lives. We just got to make room. We have to make room for Him. Everybody, everybody say that. Make room. We have to make room. We have to make room for God to do what God wants us to do. I keep coming back to that word over and over and over again. Make room, make room, make room. Make room for God in your life. Make room for people in your life. Make room to be Jesus with, with your hands to the people around you. We're the hands of Jesus to the world around us. All right? So you have to be willing to be interrupted. The Good Samaritan, he could have made excuses. Right? I don't have time. I have my own problems. Have you ever used your own excuses, as, an, as a, your own issues as an excuse not to be kind? <laughs> and we do it all the time. Anytime you want an excuse not to be kind, the devil is right there ready to give it to you, man. You don't have the time. You don't have the money. You don't have the energy to help right now. Notice the very first verse. It's right there at the, the top of your, your outline. There was a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When robbers attacked him, they stripped him and beat him, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest was, was going down that road. It so happened. It makes it sound like it was chance, pure fate. It just so happened that there was a priest who was going down that road just as the guy needed him. And I've been a Christian a long time. I can tell you, I've learned some things. One of the things I've learned is nothing is accidental. God will often bring people into your life unplanned by us, but God planned it. Bizarre circumstances and what seems like a chance encounter is actually a God moment. It's a God encounter. Did you know that God will intentionally put uh, hurting people in your path all the time? Now, you may not see them because you're too busy. Maybe you have a lack of sympathy, but they're there. And God is trying to teach us kindness. Look, you, you don't learn kindness by reading a book. You learn it in action. You learn it by being kind. God has placed people in your life who need your kindness. And you may not get anything back. It may mess up your schedule, but God has uniquely put you there. And let me tell you what's going to happen to some of you today. 
man, you're going to go out and maybe you're going to stop to get gas and there's going to be somebody there that needs your help and you're going to see them. And God's going to put that tug in your heart and you're going to feel it. And you've got a choice to make in that moment. Maybe, maybe the, the, the waitress that you give or the waiter that you give one of these bags to today at lunch or, or this week, maybe when you go out to dinner somewhere and you give them a bag, maybe they're going to say, you know, just why did you do this? He said, I just wanted to show kindness. Vicki and I went out to eat one night. We were uh, going, it was, just, it was just a date night. You know, by the way, you ought to have date nights. If you're married, you ought to have date nights. Do it all the time. And Vicki and I, have a, we had a date night. And we, we went out to Outback. And we'd, we'd gotten to the place, you know, we put our thing in, and they said, how long is the wait? And she said, about 30 minutes. And I thought, oh, you know. But, you know, Vicki and I reasoned that it was, it was a Friday night. And any place we went, there was going to be a wait. So we might as well just wait. So we waited, and 30 turned into about 45 minutes before they finally found us a table. And we got to our table, and when I sat down at the table, I, I noticed we had just like one waitress in our whole section, and there was a whole bunch of tables, and she was frazzled, and you could see it on her face. And I was getting frustrated because, you know, it was, it was just everything was taking too long, and it just looked like things weren't going to go well. And, and all around me, I heard, I heard people fussing at her and saying that the food was wrong, it wasn't what they ordered, and this sort of stuff. And I thought, oh, man, this place is in meltdown tonight. It's just in meltdown tonight. And so finally she came over, and she, she took our order. And you could just see it in her eyes. And I just said, hey, are you, are you okay? And she said, no. I said, what's, what's going on? And she said, she said it, it, it's just, everything's a thousand miles an hour. She said, people called in sick. We've got way too few wait staff. There's not enough people in the kitchen, so they're getting orders out slow, and they're coming out wrong, and people are yelling at me. She said, I'm a single mom. I've got a little daughter at home. It's just the two of us. It's just the two of us. I have to work two jobs just to be able to do this. And she says, it's killing me. And then I get here, and I have to deal with this. And she said, it's hurting, I'm hurting. I said, can I pray for you? She looked at me and she said, would you? Said, yeah, let me just pray for you. So we prayed that God would bring her peace and that God would help her through this night and that she would just know that he loves her and cares about her. And man, she left, she had a big old smile on her face. We got our food and it was cold and it was not all that great. But let me tell you something, we left her a big honking tip. We did. You know what a big honking tip is? That's a tip that's bigger than you planned on giving. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tip that's bigger than that meal actually suggested. That's a tip that you probably would have said, there's no way I'm giving that. Right? That's a big honking tip. I hope some of you, when you go out and you take the, the food bags, that you'll give a big honking tip to that waiter or waiter, because you have no idea what's going on in their life. See, God is going to give you opportunities. Will you seize the opportunity or will you blow it off? We're talking about revolutionary love, love that sees people, loves, love that says, I can put up with an interruption. Second thing, you need to be willing to take risk. To be kind, you have to take risk. Right? It was a risk for the Good Samaritan to help the man. Think about it. What if I go over there and the robbers are still there? What if I go and it's a trap and he robs me? It's a legitimate fear. What if I go and he rejects me because I'm a Samaritan? People didn't like the Samaritans, right? What if somebody sees me and thinks that I did it to him, that I'm the robber? 
These days, we might say something like, what if he sues me, right? These are real fears. And the truth is, fear can make us unkind. That's why love is so important. The Bible says that there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus said this in Matthew, always treat others as you would like them to treat you. We call that the golden rule. I want you to memorize that verse this week. It's there in your message notes. Take it, write it on a uh, a little three-by-five card. Put it on your window or your your mirror uh, when you're getting ready, someplace that you see it every day, and memorize it. Write it into your heart. Say it over and over again. So rate yourself really quickly. Rate yourself on this one, spontaneous kindness. Do you need a little work? Are you doing great? Go ahead and rate yourself on that one. Then here's the final one, number four. Spend whatever it takes. Spend whatever it takes. Start seeing the need of those around you. Sympathize with their pain. Seize the moment to be kind and then spend whatever it takes. You know what? There's always a cost to kindness. I mean, let's be honest. There's always a cost to kindness. It always causes you to sacrifice something. Time, money, energy, privacy. It costs something to be kind. Continuing in Luke 10, it says, Then he, talking about the Good Samaritan, put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two pieces of silver. Now those were denarii. Denarii was about two months' wages. Yeah, you felt that, right? Yeah, we get that right in the pocketbook. He told him to take care of the man. He said if his bill runs higher than that, he said I'll pay the difference next time I'm here. This guy did all that he could to help a total stranger. He saw him. He got on his level. He ministered to the immediate needs and wounds. He put him on a donkey, which, by the way, meant that he had to walk the 20 miles to Jericho. Then he takes him to a motel. He pays the bill and promises that he'll pay more if it's needed. He did whatever it took. What did he get from it? What did he get from it personally? Nothing. He didn't even know the guy. The guy was a total stranger. He did it without getting anything back, which brings up a question. Why should I be kind? Why should I be kind? Why should I go out of my way when there's no repayment for me? Study the word. You study the word kindness in the Bible, you'll find out why you should be kind. The Bible tells us you should be kind because, number one, God has been kind to me. And not just some little kindness, but when you think about kindness, God has been extravagantly kind to us. Kindness is an act of worship. It's an act of worship. Kindness honors God. Kindness makes you happy. You know, we've got these little kindness outreach cards that, that a lot of us use. And they're just, they're, they're so much fun. You know, it's just like you go and you do something for somebody. Look, you, you got these little kindness cards that say, just for you, just because. And on the other side, it has the cross equals love sign. And it's got our website if people want to get in touch with us. But it's just a great little thing. Man, if you got somebody and their lawn needs mowing and they live next door, you can go, and you can mow their lawn, go do it. And if you can pay for somebody's, Vicki and I will pay for somebody's uh, breakfast behind us in line at, at, at McDonald's or pay for somebody's toll going across the bridge and you just give them a card. And I'm going to tell you, there's just something, when you do it, there's just this thing and you just walk away from going, man, I just feel good because you've done something. Kindness makes you happy. Kindness, listen to this one, kindness makes you attractive. <laughs> 
Proverbs 19.22, kindness makes you attractive. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, you know, I, where, where my, all my men, at, Brian, man, kindness will make you like a spiritual Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, keep messing with me. <laughs> no, just being kind makes you attractive. Kindness makes other people want to be kind to you. When you have a kind, gentle spirit, people will want to treat you with kindness. God blesses kindness. In fact, this is over and over in the Bible that God repays the kindness that we show to others. Isaiah 58 says, If you feed the hungry and take care of the needs of those who are troubled, then your light will shine in the darkness. The Lord will always lead you, and He'll satisfy your needs in dry lands. You'll be like a spring that never runs dry. God says when you pour into others, He's going to pour right back into you. That's powerful. Proverbs eleven seventeen. Your own soul is nourished when you are kind. Everybody say nourished. God pours back into you. So let me ask you a question as we close. Who around you needs your kindness? Do you see them? I mean, do you feel their pain? Will you take the time to, to get involved? Will you take the time to reach out? Will you take the time to make a difference in the lives of someone who's hurting? I want to show you one more verse. In Romans it says this. It's God's kindness that leads you towards repentance. God's kindness leads you to repentance. It's an incredible verse. God loves you. And when you realize just how much he loves you, it changes the way you love others. It'll change the way you show kindness. It'll help your love become a revolutionary act. Bow your heads with me. Lord, I just thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your love. I pray, Father, for the people here in this church that you would help us to be people who show kindness that you would help us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world around us. That you would help us to love other people and that kindness would be a part of it. Lord, I know there's so much more to love than kindness, but what a great starting place to be kind to the world around us, to show people what it means to really love. Father, I thank you for that. If you're here today and you say, Robert, I want to be more kind. I want to I learn to slow down and, and just love people. Could I just see your hands? I just want to slow down and begin to love people better. Lord, thank you for every hand. Lord, thank you for every person. Lord, I know you want to do so much in their lives. You want to bless them. You want to touch them. You want to use them. Maybe you're here and you're on the other side of the, the, the thing, and you say, Robert, just could you pray for me? I'm going through a tough time right now, and I just need prayer. I'm going through it myself. Could I just see your hand? I want to pray for you. Quite a few of you, yeah. Just going through a tough time right now. Could just use some prayer. Lord, I just thank you. You see, you see every person that raised their hands. Lord, you know what the need is. Lord, I pray that you'd place people around them to love them and encourage them. You'd, you'd place people around them to give them hope and to speak wisdom into their life and to just listen, to just listen. 
And Lord, I bless them. Maybe you're here today and you've heard about the kindness of God. You've heard about the love of God. And it's his kindness that does lead you to repentance. And as you look at your life, you realize that you've drifted away from him. If that's you and you would say, Robert, would you pray for me? Could I just see your hands? I want to pray for you today. This is your moment. Thank you. Just pray with me right now. Just say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. As best as I know how, I'm going to follow you in your plan. Help me to put my eyes on you and to trust you and to see the people along the way that need help. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, we want to give you an opportunity to show kindness this week. So there's a whole bunch of bags here. I think there was 50 of them that was made. If you're going out to lunch today somewhere, please take one. If you're going to go out to dinner sometime this week, you know, then take one. If you're going a couple of times and there's bags left, please take a couple. But use it. This is a waiter outreach. There's one of our cards is in there. There's all kinds of goodies in there that are just like unique to, to wait staff, things that they would find helpful. There's, yeah, there's a picture. Uh, so you got like Rice Krispie treats and different kinds of candies. There's Tylenol and Advil. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's tissues. There's, there's a pen. Uh, and, and the pen says, listen to this card that's in on the pen. It says, this is no ordinary pen. This pen has been prayed over with you in mind. Keep this pen close by you when you're sad, having a bad day, or just need help. You can hold this in your hand, close your eyes, and know that God is always there to help out. You know? And so, yeah. So grab one of these on your way out. Take it. And like, and like Pam said, you know, don't, don't, don't skip on the tip and say, well, here's the bag. No, no, don't do that. Instead, look, look at Pastor Robert. Give a big honking tip. Big honking tip, a big one. All right? I uh, just want to mention something I thought was very cool. Uh, we're part of an association of churches called ARC. It's a church planting organization. And ARC is getting ready to have their 20th anniversary. But today, right today, uh, as a part of ARC, we've planted 900 churches today, as of today. 900 churches. And so you're giving. Every time you give, 2% of what you give goes to planting churches in the United States. So you, over these course of the years, you've helped plant 900 churches. Come on, somebody. That's, that's pretty amazing. Next week, we're going to be continuing our series, Love is a Revolution. And I'm going to be talking about something. Just trust me, you don't want to miss this one. We're going to be talking about love does not envy. And you're going to be surprised how that comes into play in our lives. Also, next week is our first fruits offering. It's where we do it every year at this time. It's our chance to show God that he's first in our life. Your first fruit offering makes a huge difference. It goes all the way back to the early days of the Bible. They would bring the first of everything to say to God, God, you're first in my life. And we've seen God bless people so much. And I had people come in and asking me and say, well, you know, we're doing the first fruit offering this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it makes a difference. Don't forget, uh, we are making room for more, for more people. And so uh, starting Easter Sunday, we will be going to two services. That's coming Easter Sunday. So be praying uh, over that and praying for what God is doing in this place. Let me pray one more prayer, a prayer of blessing as you go. Raise your hands. 
way of saying, God, I receive what you have for me. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here. I pray that you would bless them today, pour out your spirit on them, give them wisdom in all that they do, that they would walk in wisdom according to your word. Father, that you would give them favor in the eyes of people they come in contact with, that your anointing would be on their life. And Father, I pray that you would give them divine opportunities that they could tell other people the story of what you've done in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.